coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you. That's why we do this podcast every week. It's usually Mondays, but this week it's on Wednesday because someone, I won't name who, had to do some kind of surgery or something or something like it that. It happens. It happens. But I'm here. It's Wednesday. We're here. And we're, we're back at it. Day late and a dollar short. But we're here anyway. And we got some good stuff to talk about. Starting with. What, but starting with. What were you starting with? The week, this week's UFC. Okay, that's a good thing to start with. Yeah. All right, UFC. Where did they fight? It was D.C., right? They fought in Washington, D.C. I don't even know if they fought there before. But anyway, it was a, it was a good card. Uh, didn't see all the fights, but we're going to talk about the ones that we did see. And let me invite some people in this uh, into our podcast right now. Oh, it's not up anymore, so I don't know if I can. Oh, no, no, I can't do that. I'll invite him anyway. Okay. So, I'll, I won't invite anyone in. It's just us. It's just us. Whoever comes in here, comes in here. Next one I'll do, I'll invite the uh, groups. But anyway, um, all right, let's talk about the main fight. The main event was Alistar Overeem. So, versus, the heavyweights. Yeah, versus something, 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 something. Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck. So, something close to that. Yeah, something. Rosenstruck. Hazarzisha. Rosenstruck. Jarzinio. Zarzinio Rosenstruck. <laughs> That's close enough. Oh my god, it was it was a not a really good fight. So um, this is a five round main event. Yeah. Not a title fight, but five round main event heavyweights. No, no so it was uh it wasn't a really good fight. Um it was a technical fight and it was more like um it was more like uh, Alistar did not want to engage. In the first round, he used his wrestling. I think he was on top and controlled him that whole round, wrestling. Um, but wa- watching a fight like this with two guys with so much power is kind of like turning the little dial on the jack-in-the-box. Like, all of a sudden, something's going to happen, and it's over. Like, it and explodes. It, yeah. And, and it, that's what you're uh, waiting for. And it did. It did. <laughs> Something did explode. So it was an okay fight. It showed Alistar has a lot of stand-up. Uh, he was a kickboxing champion, K1, all that. But this guy was a, maybe because the age or whatever, but Alistar didn't, didn't seem to want to engage with him with the striking. So he, he would do some, you know, do some jabs and, and do, you know, some movement with strikes to get the clinch and eventually... He was going for the takedown. He wanted the fight on the ground. Yeah, and he got that the whole first round. Yeah. Um, he got that and neutralized him. Uh, he did. The big Rosenstrike couldn't do didn't do a lot from his back, and uh, Alistar really used his wrestling and controlled him. But you know, I think you could say Alistar's game plan was smart because he was trying not to get hit with that right hand, and it worked for twenty four minutes. 
It went for, it went for no, 24 minutes. It, it went for 24 minutes and like 50 seconds. Yeah, so it worked until it didn't. <laughs> and when it, did, <laughs> when it didn't, it didn't work. Oh, my God. So he actually, I think he ate a left jab first, and then... And then uh, Rosenstrike threw that right hand. It was a right, yeah, I didn't even see. Just a brutal, brutal, powerful right hand. It was the worst cut I've ever seen in my life. It made, in, in um, fight. who had the lip cut? That Lawler. Lawler. It made Robbie Lawler's lip cut look like a little scratch. It was, it was yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of a famous picture of Robbie Lawler with his I lips think, split open. I think they might have been equally as big. But Lawler's was straight. It might not have been like perfectly straight, but it went on a line. Alistar is like forked, and it just it it was. And you it, can see his teeth through it. it. It was bad. It was the worst cut I've ever seen in 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 a fight. So let's talk about that. So that that cut happens. Alistar got nah. You could say he got knocked out. I mean, he got knocked he got, down he and got, didn't know where he, he was. Right. He got rocked. Ten seconds left in the fight. He the guy drops him so bad and then turns around and walks away and Alistar got got up. So the referee should have let him go on because he stood up real quick, but then he took a step and he stumbled, so the ref stopped it. I think it was a good stoppage. And also he may have seen that cut on his face. Because that was a fight ending cut. If yeah. you're gonna stop a fight for a cut, we've seen fights stop like the last couple weeks in Madison Square Garden. For the cuts over, um, what's his name's uh, eye? Yeah, Nate. Nate Diaz's eye and above his eye. But that wasn't a disfiguring injury like this. This yeah. was something you cannot let that fight go on. But you could argue, and I'm not arguing it. I'm not going to argue that stoppage. I thought it was a good stoppage. But one could argue that with only like four seconds left by the time the referee was there, um, he could he wouldn't have got hit again. And it would have gone to the judge's scorecard, and Alistar would have won because Alistar. They said that he had all four rounds. Before he had that. all four, yeah, without a Unanimously. doubt. Unanimously. Yeah, I thought so. No, the card. I think they looked at the card. Oh, okay. And I think he had all four rounds. I heard that. I heard one of the commentators say that. But with that said, so one could argue that, but I don't think you can justify raising someone's hand. You know after getting dropped like that and then with a with a lip like that. I don't think I don't think you could call that person the winner. He wasn't even there for the announcement of the winner. He wasn't in the ring. Oh, for he that. got he, yeah. or he wasn't at least he wasn't was it Dan Margliata? I think was the rap. But he wasn't even there. Alistar wasn't there to for um, the other guy to get his hand raised. I yeah what that brings up an interesting question which That's is brutal. should the ref count the time left on the clock no. as part of their no. decision? No. No. But it happens all the time. Yeah. Where someone, there's 10 seconds left, they're getting punched in the face, it's ground and pound, and the ref kind of lets it go on because the horn's almost about to, I always yeah. feel like they're kind of they letting it go to the end. They should. Because one round. punch could end their life. Right. So I don't think that whether there's two seconds left or two minutes left, it shouldn't make a difference on the call the referee makes. I think human nature probably does yeah, sometimes, but, but it shouldn't. But I think, the, I think referees do such a good job overall. I remember when uh, Julio Cesar Chavez fought uh, fought um, uh, May not Mayweather I forget his name but he was winning the whole fight that other guy and then 
the referee stopped it um, the last round with, with like 10 seconds left. I think the referee was Steele, Richard Steele. And what Richard Steele was very important, what he said. He said, as a referee, we don't care how much time is left. We're here to protect the fighter. I don't care if one second is left. I want to protect the fighter. I don't care about the time or the judging or who's winning or who's losing. I'm going to protect the fighter. And he stopped the fight. I thought it was a good stoppage. Right. So I think those things probably creep in in the back of your mind when you're because you know as the ref how much time's left. You have to be prepared. Plus, yeah. they already clacked the ten second thing, so you know the fight's almost over. But it was really a weird ending to the fight. I mean, obviously it was a fight ending punch, but the way um, Rosenstruck just walked away before the fight was over was uh, I don't know. I guess he just felt like he knocked him out. I, I, he seemed like a really nice guy. I don't know him, but I don't think any fighter that I know would have kept punching that guy with that face like that. That, that was, that was the most brutal cut I've ever seen. I don't think, uh, Rosenstruck, Rosenstruck would have hit him again. I don't think he would have. I, if you have a, just like that much, uh, uh, you know, humanity in you, you're not going to hit someone again with that. That's the worst cut I've seen. He's going to need such plastic surgery. But there's crazy. plenty of fighters who will keep punching an unconscious person. Yeah. There's plenty. So we see that constantly. Right, but, and and though that might be worse, really. It is. It is. But to most people, that cut was more, you know, that would have stopped more people than being knocked out. So he's uh, like 10 and 0 now, this guy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how many of those are in the UFC. 10 seconds longer, he would have lost that fight. He, he, he lost that fight. <laughs> four <laughs> seconds longer. I think it was yeah. literally four seconds left when, yeah. what is when it? he got yeah. called off. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. so that was the end of that fight was worth watching to see how that all played out. But it was five rounds of waiting for someone to get punch basically yeah it was, it was pretty what else what else what else we got in that fight um we got another interesting one was uh brent ben rothwell against um um uh ben rothwell against uh strew oh stefan strew yeah skyscraper um this fight was interesting because um uh, stefan strew was winning um, most of the fight, um, and in the second round, he got kicked really hard in the groin. I mean, really hard. So I'm not. I don't know how much it hurt. It probably did because he was. He got. I mean, he was rolling on the ground in pain. But just when they replayed it, you could. That was a solid kick right to the groin. So he's rolling on the ground, holding his stomach. He's like telling the people, like the doctor or somebody, that his balls were in his stomach, and it was pretty bad. Um, um, and oh shit! So I don't, they didn't think he was going to go on, but he he went on. How long did they give you? Five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. He took the five minutes. So he goes on. What if you can't compete after five minutes? Then no contest, or does he win? It's usually a no contest. Unless they want, if the, unless the referee wants to say the guy did it intentionally or with, with bad, you know, or, or did it again, 
then they'll they'll disqualify him. But they don't usually qualify for that. But um, but so he kept fighting, and then he started to kind of win a little bit. But you could just tell that he was he was a tainted fighter. He was he was already weakened. And uh, Ben Rothwell, who had been losing the pre previous round and up to then, um, seemed to get revitalized, re-energized. And he went after Stefan again, um, kicked him again, kicked him again, again, that second time. In the groin? In the groin. Kicked him again. So he's on the ground this time, and it's like, he's got nothing left. Everybody knew it. But it's like it's the referee like said, "Well, you got five minutes. You're winning this fight." So, was it the third round it got stopped? Second round. Oh, it was. I thought it was okay. At the there end of the second. Two, two seconds left. Yeah, so there's two seconds left. So, um, so there's like ten seconds left, I guess, when when the when the ref was talking to him, and he goes, "You know, all you gotta do is finish up this. Uh, you know, you got one more round, and and you know you're gonna win this fight." I don't know why the referee was saying that to him. He goes, you know, you got five minutes, and then you know, all you got to do is last one more round, and you're going to win this fight. And so Stefan, like, even though you could tell he didn't want to fight anymore, he did. And this time, it was just all, as soon as he got back up and, and the fight started going on, it was just all Ben. And Ben just, like, started steamrolling him. And uh, what did he catch him with? He caught him with... Uh, um, I can't remember what he caught him with. I think it was a right, it was a right or a left. It was something that just knocked him out, and um, That's... it it was it was it was it was a rip off. Did the second it, it was time, a rip off? Did he get a point taken away? Yeah, he got one point taken. But away. it doesn't matter. No, he was losing. Yeah, so it didn't it didn't matter. And then he just got he got tagged. I'm I'm almost positive it was a right a right hand, and then he was just done. Well, some fighters are famous for fouling, and then it ends up helping them in the fight. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. or not it's an accident. Yeah, when you're poking yeah. Eye pokes and, yeah, and eye, shit. Eye pokes, eye gouges. Yeah. So, this was this was a terrible fight. Well, I don't is, think Stefan should have lost, or Stefan Stefan should have lost that fight. Um, Stefan was winning that fight, and he was winning everything except for the groin kicks. And then to get knocked out after being fouled severely twice, um, it was, it was he got robbed. He got robbed that fight. Yeah, that's. I hope that, the UFC makes that right. That's something lacking in the rules right there that you can foul somebody repeatedly and then end up winning because the point doesn't matter. Well, you can't. You can't really win. You can't win. Like if if he if Stefan couldn't go on, you can't win off a of foul. He did. No, well, yeah, you can't. If you can't direct, go on anymore, not directly. No, I'm if just you saying he won because of the fouling, you're saying you think he did. What? Because he took. Stuff no, he, right, right. But you can't win. Like if somebody gets fouled and the ref and the and the fight oh, gets right. stopped, of course, you can never lose because of it. So, if he just said, you know, I can't go on, he would have either won by disqualification or would have been a, um, or it would have been a no contest. But he wouldn't have lost. So that, that this is a terrible loss, and it was a ripoff, and, and and I'm not happy about it. But it was it was, I think it was just bad. I think I think uh, is one of the best referees out there. So I, I you know I, I just think it was, it was, 
it was a bad judgment call, but, you know, fuck it. I don't know. I don't know what to say. So what else we got? We got, um, uh, ba 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 ba. We got. We had one fight in the prelims. Were there any other fights in the main? Uh, Aspen Ladd got a beautiful, a beautiful, you know how I've, I've gone over the Frankenstein, uh, hook. She kind of did a Frankenstein hook, kind of like walking towards the girl. She put her right hand out and the girl went, reacted to the right hand and she just came right back with the left hook and knocked her out. And it was pretty impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. So she got a good knockout in that fight. Um, and then, uh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, the 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 main, the semi main. I thought that was the semi main, but the Monica uh, um, Marina. Yeah, that was that was. I think that one came out a. Uh, I think that was a, a a draw. That was a draw. I think. Um, yeah, so that was a draw. It was a good fight. It went back and forth. Uh, Cavallo had the better. Uh, uh, grappling and wrestling, and and Rodriguez had the better striking, but they they both did a little of each, and it was it was a well rounded fight. It definitely was, but I, I just don't think that should have been a semi main. It just it, I think the Stefan Strew Ben Rothwell should have been the semi main, but whatever. So that's what we got. Uh, um, the worst cut I've ever seen in my life. I want Alistar Overeem to retire. Um, he's been knocked out like 15 times. Still, still very articulate guy. Speaks perfect English. You can't even, there's no accent. He speaks such a good English. Such a sharp guy. I just don't have to fight anymore. Especially after that cut. I just, I, he's had enough fights. I think he's made enough money. I want him to retire. I really do. But whether you know he's a great warrior he's been he's been there done that done everything but i don't know you know i don't know i can't i have no say so over that do you know any fighters from arkansas uh just before the, now just bryce mitchell <laughs> just bryce so he i watched that prelim fight just because his last post fight interview was so great dc interviewed him his last fight and he went on and on about arkansas and taking his mom arkansas. out for steaks and Try to get some camo pants from Reebok to wear in the camo shorts to wear in the octagon. He's great. So he's such a good personality. So he's a super personality. I, I love fighters like that. He's just so excited to be in there, um, trying to put Arkansas on the map. And uh, he fought Matt Sales, and he got a very technical submission win. I had never seen it. Uh, only the second time in the UFC at Twister. It's basically a spine crank. Yeah. Neck crank slash entire spine crank yeah. that got that Matt Siles had a tap to. Yeah. But um he clearly was looking for that, so he's been training uh that jujitsu those jujitsu techniques. He's been doing some tenth planet. Tenth planet jujitsu. So yeah. he was cool. I didn't get to see his post fight interview. I think he was talking some about cooking Matt Sales to the bone. I don't know what he's yeah. talking about, but he's yeah. a he's a you fighter. Don't, you don't stop till the the meat's cooked. Well done. <laughs> That's all he said. So I don't know. I like Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. Just get him on the podcast. He'd be fun to talk oh to. Oh, my God. I'm going to find him. <laughs> look, I will get him. We're going to find him. I'd love to yeah. talk to him for a few minutes. Yeah, that would be interesting. All right, so those were the fights. There's some and bigger... Thiago Alves lost a lot again. He lost to uh, Tim Means. Yeah. I love Thiago Alves. He's another one. He's from Brazil. And it's not like he was born here. He was born in Brazil. He didn't come over here till I think he was in high school. He speaks perfect English. He, you can't even. I didn't even know he wasn't from here. 
He like he does. I can't even detect an accent on him. Him and him and uh, him and Alistar. It's like these guys are so sharp. I can't imagine going to another country and even learning their language, much less not having an American accent. So well, my uh, my daughter's dating a Brazilian now. You'll have to meet him. He'll, yeah. be, he'll be here for Christmas. He better not have an accent. He, oh, he grew up in Brazil. So did so Santiago. He's from São Paulo, Brazil. All right, uh, we're going to have to go. You can meet him. I'm going to give him a hard time. <laughs> so what else we got? Okay. So well, what something else we got is when I was driving over here, actually, to come, come, come to the pit. So I'm sitting waiting at a traffic light at a really busy intersection. And flying through the crosswalk is a guy with a helmet sitting in a wheelchair sideways on a skateboard 15 miles an hour at least through the intersection. This is like super busy rush hour intersection. I don't know how he even stayed on that thing. And it made me think about, you know, people with disabilities or injuries or whatever being in really good physical condition or training. Because I know you've had some people with disabilities here that train at the pit. Um, but it just brought, I saw that guy I was so impressed. Like the amount of balance to ride in a wheelchair on top of a skateboard through the street with cars everywhere. God bless him. Impressed. Very impressed. I'm, God bless him. Uh, so... Uh, anyway, you I know you've had people. I think we we've hiked with one of the kids that trains here that we, we, we is blind. A, we have a blind kid. We have we've, I've had a guy with one leg who's actually married, just had a kid. He moved to Brazil. Um, um, lost his leg in, in I think Afghanistan or Iraq. Um, great guy from Rio Grande. Does he have a below knee prosthesis or something? He, above the but knee. But he walks. He walks, but his other leg is like half gone, the tissue. He's had like 20 surgeries on his other leg just to save it. Oh, didn't you say he's hiked Madonna? He's hiked Madonna. That's impressive. And now he's a rock climber. He's taken to rock climbing. Plus, he's missing a couple fingers, and he's just such an impressive guy. Um, uh, <clears throat> I love that guy, but he moved. And then we have, we had Lefty, who only has one arm. He has his left arm, obviously. Um, he's, he... He works at a very successful company here in town called AccuAir, where they make, uh, you know, they make the uh, the devices that make the cars go up and down. That must be your favorite Hydraulic. guy to train. All left Lefty. hooks. All, le- All left. Only left hooks. This is how I met him. I met him. <laughs> I was in a Chinese, uh, Japanese restaurant. We were at Wow, and he was there with his friends, and he one arm, and I was. I kept looking at him. I was like, "What the hell, man?" I go, "Bro." If you come to the pit, I'll teach you. You'll have the best left hook in the world. And he's like, okay. And he started training. And he made it all the way to, like, Greenbelt, but then he moved out of town. And now he lives in He lives in, He lives lives in. in San Luis. He's, he's engaged. And he works at the company. You know, they do hydraulic lifts and stuff for, for cars and trucks and stuff. And really successful company started here. But just some level, and you see these people too online. Someone that's training that's had multiple amputations. Yeah, but it's just in general, it's really good to see people that it doesn't stop them. They're it's out crazy. there. I mean, the kid is paralyzed probably, and he's out there on his skateboard still in his wheelchair, no fear. Like uh, it was very impressive, and just seeing people that want to train and stay physically fit and be into self defense that have different uh, limitations is really inspiring. Yeah, it's really inspiring, especially when... It makes it hard for me to have an excuse not to come to class, I'll tell you that. It makes it really hard, especially especially when, I mean, when people people get out of class 
because they got a fucking paper clip, a paper cut. They got a paper cut and they'll miss class. I'm exaggerating a little, but you know, you you get the gist. You know who you are. Yeah. So like my 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 thing is I have a shoulder injury. And it's not debilitating, but it's painful. Get, you know, gets me up every night, maybe once or twice. And um you know, whatever. It's a shoulder injury. But you know how I look at it? Honestly, I look at it, I swear to God I do this. It's not just hyping it. I wake up every morning and I, I feel it so it hurts. I move it so it hurts at all. And then I honestly thank God that this is it. This is the only that's it. This is what I got. I got a little shoulder injury. And that's all the only injuries I have after all I've been through. And I was like, thank you. And I so part of the reason I don't want to get it fixed is because I gotta have some little pain to know that I've been through all this shit in my life and I got a little shoulder pain once in a while. So you look at the brights, your glass is half full, person. It's half, I'm a, yeah. The glass is I'm mostly a, full. I'm an optimist. That's an op. That's a big. And I'm a scared of the. I'm scared of the scalpel. <laughs> I remember suturing up your finger. It was very traumatic for me. I am a. I am. <laughs> I have such a low tolerance to pain. It's not even funny. All the fights. All people don't realize. You get hit in the liver. It hurts like hell. You kick somebody's shin. It hurts like hell. But it, it just happens, and boom, and then you have to deal with the pain. But, like, going through pain, like, if I'm going to get stitches or, like, they're going to drill my teeth and shit, I want extra, extra, extra Novocaine. Super size. I want extra. It's just, I, I don't want to feel any pain. I won't even feel any pain. Heather, my wife, just got a tattoo, her first, at 50. And uh, it's this cute little three stars for her three sons. And I don't think Heather's 50. Almost 50. She's 48. 40, whatever. That is not a rounding. You round That's up. That's not acceptable rounding. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> but, but you can round down. Heather's in her low 40s. She, she's in her 40s. Okay, so she's in her 40s. But, <laughs> That's better. But I was going to get one. I was just, because I was at the tattoo place, and the guy, hey, you want one? I was like, no. And the reason is because at, at, at when I was younger, I would have jumped at the chance to get more ink. You know, I love more ink. But it, pain, your pain threshold goes down when your age goes up. They go, they're, they're inverse. So my, my pain, since my age is so high now, my pain tolerance is so low, I wouldn't even get a little tattoo on my wrist or something. It just, it hurts too damn much. You should get one now before it's too late. <laughs> before it's too late. Before it's too late, bro. I'm telling you. At your age, I would have got like tattoos all day long. All right, what else we got, man? But, so okay. we, oh, we got some fights coming up. Max Holloway. Max Holloway. That's a uh, co-main. Yeah. So this is next weekend. Yeah, Usman against Covington. That's a fight uh, that's been brewing for a long time. Oh, my God. I can't. Champion I against number two. So that'll be. I a, would watch that no matter what. And then the second fight is a championship fight. It's Max Holloway against Volkanovski. That's a championship fight. And uh, then. Amanda Nunez against. Another championship fight. Durandamine. Yeah. Oh my God! Then we got Aldo against Mor uh, Morace. Oh, then we got Yan against Faber. Oh my God! This is the best. This is the best card ever, ever. <laughs> this is a pretty good card. That's a up. damn good card. So that is a pay per view. People are gonna buy. Oh my God! Wait, Max. Uh, Max, not two, not two people I never heard of. It's Max Holloway against Volkanov, and then Volkanski or whatever. And then we got Amanda Nunez. She's not even the main or the semi-main. That's how stacked this card is. 
She's number three on the list. Yeah, that's going to be good. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't know. I, yeah. Mike Perry's fighting in the prelims. Oh, my God. Ian yeah. Heinish is fighting. In the prelims. He's been on the podcast. We'll, yeah, have to, yeah. we'll we're gonna have to watch the prelims, too. And Ben Saunders against Matt Brown. All right, we have to watch the Oh, prelims. my God. We're going to watch the prelims, and we're going to talk about the prelims and the main card. This, this is unbelievable. So stay tuned for that, guys. But remember this. Okay, this is my parting. parting. I'm going to do a whole uh, topic on this on uh, YouTube but and Facebook. But no matter if you're a good fighter, like even if you're naturally a good fighter, training at a bad place will make you a worse fighter, not a better fighter. So with that said, be mindful of shopping around for whether you want to be an MMA champion, UFC champion, and you have natural skills. If you train at a bad place, they'll take those natural skills and diminish them. Whereas if you take a, you go you have minor skills, you just have a little bit of skill and you train at a good gym, it will take you much higher. So be very mindful of that, guys. Training at a bad place is going to make you worse than when you go in. So be mindful of that when you're shopping around for a martial arts gym. What's your recommendation for someone that wants to get into training but they don't and they're not going to commit much time? Where should they focus their energy? Getting in shape fitness-wise? Wait, are they want to be an MMA fighter? No, just, oh, just, just regular training. Player. Just being in shape and maybe defending yourself. I think, I think you have to look at your goal. And, and to me, every martial artist's goal... Are, are there's two of them. Number one, to win a UFC title, right? Number two, if you don't want to fight, go that route, it's to stay safe on the street. And there's a lot of benefits on both on your way up, getting in great shape, getting stronger, cardio, being healthier, etc. But I think the gym that you go into, if you just want to learn for the street, ask the person, am I going to learn a bunch of techniques where my hand is by my hip? If your hand's by your hip when you're training, it's not a good sign, okay? If you're in positions where you don't understand exactly why you're in that position, that's not a good sign. If they're not teaching takedown defense, it's not a good sign. You need a list of these signs. I will. I'll give you, I'll give, okay, I'll, you know what I'm going to do for you guys? And I'll put it on Facebook. You should put that on Instagram. A, on Instagram. <laughs> ten, ten. Ten signs. You're at the Ten wrong signs. Gym. You're at the wrong gym. Whether that's you want to, that's going to be good. Whether you want to win a UFC title, but more importantly, if you want to stay safe on the street, because we both know what will happen if you get your ass whooped in the street in front of your wife. Do you know what's going to happen? We've been over this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have to go there. Anyone yet. who knows you knows. Yeah, they know. All right, all right, brother. I'll see you. All right. Till next week. Boom. Bing.